You're listening to The John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. A handoff goes to Bijan. Cuts through. A whole left side still on his feet. Down to the 30. Cuts inside to the 20. Say goodnight to it. Bijan Robinson takes it 42 yards for a Texas Longhorn touchdown. The Bears close the regular season this Friday in Austin against Texas. Let's visit now with the ubiquitous voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way. From the Allen Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. I like cut courtesy of the Longhorn Sports Network from Learfield. Craig Way with the call, and Craig joins us now from Austin or somewhere close. I'm not sure. Let's find out. Craig, welcome to you. Thanks for your time today. Now, how did I reach ubiquitous status? I'm, I'm <laughs> quite impressed, I must say. I was hoping you'd hear that, yes. So, uh, yeah. with our voice guy, when we send him some stuff, you know, and you got to do it in advance, I thought, this would be great. Let's get him to say this. And sure enough, I mean, whatever you send him, pretty much he'll uh, record for you. He'll, he'll go Ron Burgundy on you? Yeah, you pretty much. <laughs> I'm Ron okay. Burgundy. Um, yeah. But that fits. So, uh, I'm glad you got to hear that. Oh, it was nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I am back in town. I am home. Uh, okay. it, it's been a busy past few days, but it, in town, uh, at least uh, throughout the rest of this week anyway. There you go. To explain to us uh, the basketball game last night, you're in Edinburgh, but you're playing Northern Arizona. What was the, what's the connection there? Yeah, that was a weird deal, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. but, it's, but, it but it actually turned out pretty nice. And it, it's part of – uh, the Leon Black Classic, which is uh-huh. named in honor of the former Texas coach. Uh-huh. And Chris, uh, one of Chris Beard's uh, pet projects since he arrived last year was to be uh, three words that he continues to use, unite the family. And he's brought back former coaches, former players, and uh, involved with them. And Coach Black, was, who's no longer with us, but he was last year, and they had the Leon Black Classic, named for uh, honor of the former Longhorn coach. He was the one who also uh, was the the first Texas coach, basketball coach, to integrate a program uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. And so he he wanted to have an event in his honor last year. It was one game. And uh, this year they said, let's go ahead and do two games. Well, they'd been talking to the folks at UT Rio Grande Valley about a game. And they really had wanted Texas to come down uh, to the Valley. Texas went down there and played a baseball game back in April, and it was a smashing success. There were more than 7,000 at the ball game. It was the largest crowd, they said, ever to see a baseball game in the Rio Grande Valley. And it's a wow. big University of Texas you know, alumni base. Sure. So, so they decided to do the same with basketball and, and yet not play UTRGV there but to still play them before the week is out. So what they did was was to go down and play as part of a doubleheader. They played the second game of a doubleheader. Texas played uh, Northern Arizona. UTRGV played Western Illinois in the first game and won on a driving layup at the buzzer. And so then they played the game last night at an arena, beautiful arena that's home of the Rockets G League team. Hmm. And, and, and then they'll come home and – and they will play UTRGV on Saturday in the, in Gregory Gym because they want to play a game annually at Greg, Old Gregory Gym on the yeah. UT campus. Did it last year, and they're going to do it again. So that, that's how it all came to be, and it all worked out pretty well. 
Very cool. Yep, I watched part of the game last night down there. Just couldn't figure out the connection between Edinburgh and and you guys. Uh, obvious, you know, to get Texas there is big, but playing Northern Arizona. So thanks for the explanation there. And that's a neat deal. That's fun. Uh, I don't. Rem- I remember the game. Don't remember who you played in Gregory Gym last year. It was Sam Houston. Okay. And and it went over really well. And last year, the way that it was set up by Coach Beard was only. Because Gregory Jim seats about 3,800, I think, okay. which since it's been redone and, and it's the home of, of Texas volleyball. And of course, they're number one in the country sure. volleyball. They've been really good. And, and that's their home base. And that was a gym that was built in 1930. And it was their home basketball arena. At one time, it seated like 8,000 in the oh. old days. Wow. And, they, and of course, they've redone it a lot. And they've got classrooms and things like that and other rec sports things in there. So the actual playing facility area. Seats about thirty eight hundred, and uh, and and so last year it was students only who could go. This year, because it's on Thanksgiving holiday weekend, uh, and and students are out, there are there is a student section, but they've also made some tickets available for the general public to come to the game. So it's nice, you know, it's nice. To, you know what it's like, JMO, when we're we get an opportunity to call a game from from a unique, uh, oh, you know, yeah. quaint environment and venue that's always a lot of fun and 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 it was fun last year and i would imagine it would be so again this coming saturday that's pretty cool it's a great idea a little bit more romantic than say if we went back to the heart of texas coliseum and wanted to play a game there just just don't if you do that if you do just don't invite mike wacker to play Uh, yes exactly oh god bless him (laughs) that's true and and, and by the way john he was part of that whole unite the family thing last year they did an exhibition game against texas lutheran which of course is coached by mike sure and so they honored him that was one of the things that coach beard really wanted to do so chris got him to come back and they honored him before the game and uh because mike who had that awful knee injury in 1982 folks will remember texas was 14 and 0 under eight yep. lemons they were number five in the country went in the heart of texas coliseum on the old tartan floor and he slipped and fell and tore it was a terrible acl injury and in those days it was pretty much a death sentence for yeah. a career but he worked at it and came back uh better more than two years later and actually played on their uh southwest conference tri-championship team in 1986 yeah very cool all right uh it, it is the great overlap with basketball and football let's talk some football and a big game on friday we're look for, looking forward to coming your way uh what have you seen what, what has been the difference in some really impressive wins by texas this year and some games that are kind of head scratchers kind of hard to believe that they lost yeah, it's a it's a great thing, John. You know, it'd be one thing to say that it's the difference between the first half of the season and the second half of the season, but that wouldn't be right because they've had excellent performances, like say against Alabama in a one point defeat uh, there early in the season. But then they've had the head scratchers like the loss in Lubbock early mm-hmm. in the season, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, they'd had a forty nine nothing blowout of Oklahoma State, uh, but then having a big lead on, I mean, on, uh, of Oklahoma, the 49 nothing right. win over Oklahoma, then having a lead on Oklahoma State, and it gets away. They go to Kansas State, play really well and beat Kansas State, and then the offense virtually disappears against TCU in a 17-10 loss, and then turned around last week and just kind of trampled Kansas. So it's been a lot of, the, you know, and some would say, well, that just means inconsistency in the program. Not necessarily because they've had to go deal with injuries 
That's some of it, uh, certainly when they had the quarterback injuries early in the season. And then, uh, and then there has been some inconsistency. And there's just been games where they've run into, like in the case of TCU, TCU was playing incredible defense that night, but they just couldn't get, uh, get anything going offensively. You contrast that to how the Bears were able to really run on TCU and, and play well offensively against TCU, but the Frogs found enough offense late in the game to come back to Texas defense, play really well against TCU, just couldn't get enough offense going. So it depends on the week, depends on the, uh, the team. You look at how they moved the ball on Kansas State, who's been able to shut down teams defensively so it but you know john i think that's also emblematic look around the big 12 we've we've seen it all the way around how teams have, have performed other than tcu the rest of the league has had a hard time on the road and an easier time at home and i think that's also been the case even though texas has won their last two road games that's yeah. the, the other <laughs> thing so go figure right yeah exactly and we've lost uh we've lost three home games this year after going 7-0 and at home last year. So some of it uh, head-scratching across the board. Um, Bijan Robinson, really impressive all year, but especially last week. Uh, I would think it's really hard um, to contain that offense when Bijan Robinson is running that well. Yeah, it, it, it's a big part of it. and You, you don't run for 1,400 yards like he had uh, and, and, and not have really good performance from the offensive line. And I would say this, John, this is probably the best the Texas offensive line really has performed in, in several years. You, you at least have to go back to 18 uh, when they managed to make the Big 12 championship and then went on to the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia. Uh, and to do it with two true freshmen, true freshmen starting on the offensive line has been remarkable at times. They've got two true freshmen, two sophomores, and a senior. And even though the senior, Christian Jones, is coming off one of his best games, I would say if you had to rank the top five out of there, probably the senior might be five, only because of the amazing play of, say, the true freshman, Kelvin Banks, out of left tackle. Cole Hudson at right guard's been really good. Hayden Cotter, the sophomore at left guard's been great. And Jake Majors is just a sophomore, but he's been kind of the anchor at center. That's been a major part of what Texas has been able to do with its running game. And and that's why a lot of credit goes to TCU for what they did to be able to render that offensive line largely ineffective. And as a result of that, we talk about Bijan, 1,400 yards, and that includes getting only 29 yeah. against TCU. So, uh, you know, when that offensive line is going well, certainly makes Bijan better, makes Quinn Ewers better at quarterback, certainly, and makes the uh, receiving game better. What do you think uh, crowd-wise Friday? I mean, the students are gone. Uh, you got a big old place there and a lot of seats to fill. Weather doesn't look real promising. It's 11 a.m. What do you think about the crowd on Friday? Yeah, I think the weather will have a lot to do with it, John. They, they, uh, they've done really well with attendance this year. They've set two school records at 105,000 against Alabama, had 104,000 uh, after that. Uh, they've had some games where they've had some great attendance. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it'll be on the level of what uh, has been passed around in social media uh, that sight out of College Station with that empty, practically <laughs> empty stadium and, and, right. and a crowd of 90,000 announced. I don't think it'll work like that. Uh, but depending on what the weather is, 
Yeah, it might hold it down with 70, 75,000, something like that. I could I could see that possibly being the case if the weather is really inclement. Now, if it's if it's not that bad, they've been great. The students have been the best they've ever been coming out to games. Uh, the whole Bevo Boulevard concept has really taken off. What Chris Del Conte and his staff have done have been uh, really impressive to see with how it's become a, a major event to be at the game other than to just be inside the stadium when they get there and get on uh, what a lot of us have taken to calling it the midway, yeah. uh, you know, like at the state <laughs> right. fair walking down Bevo Boulevard. It's kind of like that. So uh, there's been a lot of really neat things about it. Uh, but I, I'm curious to see also on a holiday weekend with an 11 a.m. kick uh, what it'll be like, especially if the weather isn't top notch. All right, final thought, and we'll let you go. Um, what a year, huh? A crazy year in the Big 12. So much parity, so many, so many games really hard to predict this year. And in a season like this, there's TCU sitting there at 11-0 and and playing Iowa State, you know, for an unbeaten regular season. Isn't that wild what they've accomplished in a year when, uh, you know, everything was so kind of up in the air? Yeah, and, and you know, I, I just find this part unfathomable, uh, John, and I bet you you do as well. I've actually had people ask me and and ask on social media and ask on our talk show lines and things like that or, you know, on our text line say, uh, don't you think that, that somehow, some way uh, that TCU is going to, you know, wind up uh, – getting left out of this deal if something's going to happen and USC and LSU will get in or this or that, even if they go undefeated, I just can't see how uh, a perfect 13 and 0 team conference champion from a power five conference would be left out. If that's the case, what is the system even in place for, especially where with, with regard to a power five conference champion. So I think if, if, if TCU, finishes out, runs the table, and I think they certainly will for the regular season. I think they'll handle Iowa State on Saturday. And if they win the conference title game, whether it's against Kansas State or if by some weird uh, you know, movement Texas lands in there, they'd have to win and have Kansas upset K-State, which I don't see happening. But if, if it does happen that way, and, and they, no matter who it is, TCU wins those two games, I, I think certainly they're going to wind up playing in the college football playoff, maybe in the number four spot, maybe in the three since Ohio State and Michigan play yeah, this week. But right. certainly I think they'll be in the playoff. I agree. I agree completely. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. Hey, man, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you on Friday. I'm enjoying it, and, and it'll be great to see you, and I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Yep, same. Thanks. Craig, Thank thanks you. very much. Appreciate it. It's Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns. Appreciate him and his time. Baylor and Texas coming up Saturday morning. Our broadcast begins at 9 a.m. with the Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff uh, Friday morning. I, I wonder how many times I've slipped, Aaron, and said Saturday and, and always meant to say Friday, <laughs> but maybe just slipped and said Saturday. But it is Friday morning, Baylor and Texas. It's on ESPN television. And uh, Robert Griffin III will be there. He's uh, doing color alongside Mark Jones. So trying to get Rob on with us as part of the tailgate show. That'll be fun. But uh, Baylor and Texas, a uh, lot, uh, lot to play for, you know. I think one of the questions somebody asked Coach Aranda at his press conference yesterday was, you know, you're not in contention anymore for a spot in the Big 12 championship. Uh, what's your motivation or what do you have to play for? 
man, there is a lot to play for. I mean, it's it's Baylor and Texas number one. You want to beat uh, Texas any any chance, any time, any sport that you can. It's the final game of the regular season. We'll get you to seven wins on the year. I I just think there's a lot to play for for the Bears. Absolutely. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, you've also got, like, if if – you lose this game, then you're going into the bowl game with the possibility of having to win the bowl game to have a winning season. And yeah. you don't want that to be even a consideration. So, you know, let's just get the win Friday and be done with that thought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, end on a two-game winning streak. Win Saturday, win Friday, and then uh, wherever the bowl is, win that one. So uh, a lot riding on this game. And for Texas as well, there's a lot riding on this game for them. They uh, still have a shot, as Craig said, of getting in the Big 12 championship game, they would have to win, and Kansas would have to beat Kansas State. Stranger things have happened, but they have a lot of motivation for this game as well. All right, 